When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, everyone. I am back. Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. Check me out there. Check me out on the DK site all over the place. Check out my Peacock and Williamson daily podcast if you like what you're hearing. But you heard yesterday's podcast where I went over all my geeky stats, in-depth stuff of this Steeler-Bengal matchup. And yesterday we focused on when Pittsburgh had the ball. Now we're going to flip it over and there's lots to get to. So enough of this nonsense. Let's just dig right in. Cincinnati's offense averaged 5.9 yards per offensive play last year. Only four offenses in the whole league were six or better. So 5.9 is unbelievably good. And in their two matchups against the Steelers, the Bengals produced 6.4 and then 5.7 yards per play in those two games. This offense, Bengals, produced 3.06 touchdowns per game. Only one of seven offenses that produced three offensive touchdowns per game. So if your offense put up three touchdowns per game, that's saying something, dude. Um, This also shows a lot of efficiency by the Bengals because only seven teams ran fewer offensive plays in Cincinnati, and they still were cranking out touchdowns. And they still averaged the seventh most passing yards and points scored per game. Even, even though only seven teams ran fewer plays. It's pretty impressive. Not only did Pittsburgh's offense play the most snaps of the leagues on third down, that's something I brought up yesterday, but the Steelers' defense averaged 13.6 third down snaps per game. Only the Saints were better. Now, as I said yesterday, you might be like, oh, they're on the field way too much for third down. No, times have changed. You want to make your opponent snap the ball on third down. And the Steelers' defense did that exceptionally well. Only the Saints were better. Get defenses to third down. That might surprise you, considering how bad the Steelers' run defense is, which we'll get to. Um, But that's getting there nonetheless. So 11 personnel, we talked about this yesterday too, because the Steelers were the third highest, while the Bengals and Rams were the only ones that are above that. That's one back, one tight end, three receivers. Um, they were the only ones, you know, they were at the top of the league in 11 personnel per snap. When they were in 11 personnel, the Bengals averaged 6.5 yards per play, which is over half a yard better than their average for the season. So they were good at it. The Bengals only had two running backs or a running back and a fullback 
on the field for a total of 10 snaps last year. I mean, that includes fourth and one on the goal, you know, I mean, different situations. So they do what they do. Meanwhile, personnel-wise, the Steelers had six or more defensive backs on the field 17% of the time. That was 13th most. Pittsburgh only had their nickel defense with five defensive backs on the field 47% of the time. Only two defenses played nickel at a lower rate than the Steelers. Now, I expect that to change dramatically with a Lualu coming off the field or Bush and a defensive back, but it should be KZ coming on. So the beginning of the season might be not as heavy a nickel as they originally you know, expected or wanted. So how about this? Between week one and week 15, the Bengals threw the ball 50% of the time on early downs. But after week 15, including the postseason, Cincinnati threw the ball 62% of the time on early downs during those final six games. So for reference, the Bucks threw the ball 63% of their time on early downs during the regular season playoffs. That was the most in the league. So they went from a very low percentage. And remember, this time last year, Burrow was coming off a major injury. So, you know, they they really took it easy on him and then put more and more on his plate. And during this last six games, they chucked it at pretty much more than anyone in the league, except for the Bucs. Here's a good illustration of that. So Burrow averaged just under 38 pass attempts and just under, just under 30, 350 yards per game during those final six games. But before those final six games, Burrow was throwing the ball just 31 times per game for 260 yards on average. 981 of his passing yards and eight of Burrow's 34 touchdowns came on his final two regular season games. <laughs> he got, the guy got hot and got healthy. When looking back at all the numbers from the 2021 season, the Bengals faced the easiest slate of pass defenses in the entire league. They didn't face one pass defense that finished in the top 10. That's almost hard to believe. 17 games, they didn't face one top 10 pass defense. But they did face seven that finished in the bottom 10. So it's going to be harder on Cincinnati than it was. You know, I mean, it's you can't help these things. For the season, Cincinnati ran the ball on only one third of their first half snaps. Just three teams threw at a higher percentage in the first half of games. So that while they did take it easy on Burrow, they still threw early and often. Burrow finished the regular season completing just over 70% of his passes. That was best in the league. Not only did Burrow have the best completion percentage, but he also had the highest yards per completion. His average completion was good for 8.9 yards. Jimmy Garoppolo was second, 8.6. And both those guys were great with after the catch stuff. Matthew Stafford was the only other quarterback over eight yards per completion. So not only is he completing the ball at an extremely high level, every completion's gaining more yardage than anyone else in the league, too. That's insane. Burrow completed attempted 80 passes that traveled 20 or more down 20 or more yards downfield. He completed 37 of them for just over 1,100 yards, 14 touchdowns, and six interceptions with a 97 passer rating on such deep attempts. Burrow's 108 overall passer rating was the second best in the NFL last year. So even though he started slow and had the knee, 
he was a madman. And he's just a phenomenal player is basically what I'm getting at here. How about Jamar Chase? After the Week 15 game against Denver and then throughout the playoffs, Chase averaged 7.2 catches per game for 126.5 receiving yards and one touchdown per game, 9.5 targets per game. He was the Offensive Rookie of the Year, finished his rookie season with the fourth most receiving yards in league and the most ever by any rookie in NFL history. So only three people finished the season with more receiving yards than him. Remember this time we were talking about, this time last year, can he catch an NFL ball? It's got the white stripe. I mean, come on. The Bengals had two pass catchers, eclipsed 100 yards last year. Chase T. Higgins, of course. Uh, Baltimore, the Chargers, Bucks, and Chiefs were the only teams that pulled that off. Uh, you guys are probably caught eye and I am a big yards per route run guy. Higgins is at 2.26. Tyler Boyd is at 1.58. Chase is at 2.51. And his average depth of target was 13.6. Boyd's was only eight yards downfield. Higgins was a little over 12 yards downfield. Of all the receivers in the league that had at least 75 targets, Chase's yards per route run was fifth best in the league. And I mean, which is just remarkable for a rookie receiver. Chase also averaged 18 yards per catch. Debo Samuel was the only pass catcher in the league with at least 25 catches. That was better than Chase in yards per catch. Higgins is only one of 15 wide receivers of all time to start his career with at least 900 receiving yards and six touchdowns in each of his first two seasons. Pretty crazy. A lot of this stuff came after the catch, though, and that's by design. I'm not criticizing them at all. The Bengals averaged 5.8 yards after the catch. And that led the NFL on passes thrown beyond the line of scrimmage. The, the, you know, so the, the bubble screens behind the line of scrimmage didn't count in this this number I pulled up. But the Niners were the only team better. The, the only other team over five yards after the catch created on passes from past the line of scrimmage. Awesome. Um, while they were outstanding after the catch on passes down the field, 73 of Higgins receiving yards came right at the cat catch point, which means... Didn't do a lot after the catch. You know, I mean, he's going up there. And here's how I described it. This number shows how great of a contested catch player Higgins is and how much of his work he does in the congested middle of the field. Go up, get the ball, get hit. First down, move the chains. There you go. Um, Quick break here. We'll get into the rest of it. There's a lot. I hope I'm not overwhelming you, but we'll be back in a moment. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So any of you know to play fantasy football probably realize the Bengals' tight ends are not a major part of the, uh, the receiving share. 
as a whole, their receipt, their tight ends just got about 15.4% of the targets. Jets, Panthers, Bills were the only team that targeted the tight end less. For the fifth straight season, you probably know this, the Steelers led the NFL in sacks, 55 of them in 2021. That's four more sacks than any defense in the league, and only three teams sacked opposing quarterbacks 50 times or more. Pretty awesome. Uh, the Ravens and Bears were the only offense that allowed more sacks than Cincinnati. Bengals quarterbacks were sacked 55 times, 51 of them from Burrow. That Burrow was most sacked quarterback in the league. He went down 51 times. Tannehill was next at 47. And that was even true with Burrow getting the ball out, 2.67 seconds, then league average to throw. So he was sacked the most times in the league, and he got it out of his hands quicker than average. Pretty crazy. You know, obviously that's why they invested in the O-line. Joe Mixon time. Joe Mixon played in every game last year, led the Bengals with over 1,200 rushing yards. But their second highest rushing output came from Samaji P. Ryan, who only ran for 246 yards last year. Uh, Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb were the only players with more rushing yards than Mixon last season. But in 255 of those ground yards came in Mixon's two meetings with the Steelers. Taylor, James Conner, and Damian Harris were the only players with more rushing touchdowns than Mixon last year. Steelers allowed 4.5 yards per carry during snaps, and this is great, 4.5 yards per carry in snaps which Cameron Hayward was on the field. Guess what it is when Cam was off the field? 5.5. I mean, that doesn't sound like a ton, but a whole yard different every rushing attempt with just one player in or out of the lineup is insanity. And no team allowed more rushing yards per game than the Steelers. But the Bengals only averaged 4.0 yards per carry. There were six offenses that produced fewer, or only six offenses that produced fewer yards per carry last year. Uh, As was the case with the defense, the Bengals' offense was extremely fortunate with injuries last year. Probably won't keep up. They had seven different players chip in with at least 800 snaps and 10 that played more than just under 700. Um, However, 10 players on the Steelers' defense played at least 630 snaps, but two of them, Hayden and Schobert, are no longer with the team. Um, Here's a good one here. 16 of the Steelers' top 18 defensive players in snap counts last year are back with the team. So the dudes that played a lot are going to be back. Um, Meanwhile, Basically, this this last nugget for the offense is the Bengals played nobody in the preseason. Basically, any name you know on the Bengals offense, their first snap this year will be against the Steelers, which might work to Pittsburgh's favor. And the Bills kind of had a similar strategy last year, and it bit them. Um, we're going to wrap this thing up, but I'm going to throw just a couple special teams nuggets in at the end, a little bonus prize. Um, everyone knows Evan McPherson was a phenomenal player for them last year as a rookie. He went 9 for 11 on 50 yarders or longer. That's a rookie record. He was also 14 for 14 with two game winners in the playoffs. Pretty darn impressive. You guys know Boswell's an elite player too. Three three straight years of making at least 90% of his field goal attempts. And he's achieved that goal five of seven seasons. Pretty remarkable. You guys have gotten on Derek Watt in the year. He had the second most special teams tackles in the league. I mean, it's not easy to rack up special teams tackles, and he had 16 of them. That was second. 
Last little nerdy thing I got for you guys, and then we'll be back tomorrow. The Bengals were very fortunate with field goal luck. Matt, what the hell's field goal luck? Well, there might be a field goal block team out there that's better than another. But for the most part, when the opponent kicks the football, it's all luck whether it goes through the uprights or not. There's not much as a defense on a kick play, a field goal attempt, that you can do. So there, I very much believe in field goal luck. You hope your opponent misses it more, more than most teams. And that's exactly what happened to Cincinnati last year. Opposing kickers only converted 74% of their field goals against the Bengals. You know, I just told you, Boz is like over 90% every year. So they kind of lucked out with the kickers they played last year. Contributing to that along with injury luck really worked in the Bengals' favor. So they also had an easy schedule, as I mentioned. You know, Burrow threw against terrible pass defenses. Doesn't mean they're bad, but these are just facts. These all contribute to Super Bowl. All right, folks, I can't wait for the game. I'm psyched for the season. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. See ya.